Oh, I better think of my meeting in the Monday. <laughs> oh my God, Aaron. Seriously. I so know. <laughs> there goes that whole like vote of confidence with my responsibility. Yeah, I was really looking at you differently for a minute, but never mind. Only a minute. And welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I'm Erin Green. And I am Michael Gray. And we're glad and to be here. Thanks for joining us thanks on for this joining us. lovely fall day. Yeah. There's a holiday coming up. There is. Yeah. Yes. It's the start of chocolate season. Yes, the 4th of July. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's in oh, a time warp. That's hot dog season. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite season, hot dog season. (laughs) Tater salad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so I I learned a long time ago, I heard the phrase chocolate season. I have not heard that. Okay, so chocolate season supposedly starts with Halloween and ends with Valentine's Day. Okay. I was was going to say ends with Easter. Oh, maybe you're right. It's it's half the year. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, that makes I was gonna say with cheese, that makes it six months. I thought it ended with I thought it ended with Valentine's Day. Well, there's a big gap between Valentine's Day and Easter, right? So we could say Valentine's Day. And then St. Patty's I mean St. Patty's Day is a stout considered chocolatey, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but yeah. I I think it's safe to say it ends at Valentine's Day and then there's just a little a little blip there with Easter. Yeah. 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 Chocolate season. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing is I'm not sure how the trick-or-treating is going to go this year with the whole pandemic situation because I've right. been reading when Matt and I went on our road trip last week. In fact, we were both kind of curious because we don't have kids. We were like, what, what's the recommendation mm-hmm. on this trick-or-treating thing? Like, do we need to prepare for trick-or-treaters? Yeah. And they have this whole list of you know, low risk activities, moderate risk, and then high risk activities. And of course, like big Halloween parties Mm. inside are not great ideas. Um, those kinds of things, but then, you know, doing outdoor kinds of activities where you can be spaced apart or doing like a Halloween parade, I thought was kind of a fun, Mm -hmm. you know, idea or Mm -hmm. doing like pumpkin carving where you're sitting like apart from people outside or in like a, someone's open garage would be. Why are you forcing this pumpkin carving on idea. me, Aaron? Like you're oh just really pushing it. This is two weeks in a row and I, I've had enough. <laughs> you, you clearly, you clearly have a little hang up on that. Cause I wasn't even thinking about you our pumpkin conversation. Pusher. <laughs> pumpkin pusher. <laughs> clearly you didn't buy the pumpkin carving set that I advised I, you to no, get. I did not. Not even a little bit. Nope. Yeah. I'm going to buy one and send it to you. Then, then you can call me the pumpkin pusher. I'll be (laughs) pressuring that pumpkin party. That's a lot of peas. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot of alliteration there. (laughs) Pushing pumpkins for that pumpkin party. Yeah. Anyway. Um, No, I didn't buy any. I I probably should. Sophie said this morning that she wanted to. So. Oh, see. Yeah. And you can't say no to those big brown puppy dog eyes. Oh my gosh. It's hard. 
They both know how to work me. It's so stupid. Like I just, and I know what they're doing and they know, I know that still works. It's like, everybody's in on like, we all know what you're doing right now. And it's still very effective. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the upside of that, since we're going to be delving into Halloween candy and how to manage that with kids Mm -hmm. and how to manage the candy supply in your house as an adult, who's maybe tempted by candy a lot. Um, Halloween can be made to, um, not emphasize the candy part. So you Mm -hmm. can really celebrate some of the non-candy fun of Halloween, whether it's decorating your house, whether it's finding the costume, you can have, you know, different contests or parties or scavenger hunts or anything that are Halloween themed. You can read books and watch Halloween movies. Yeah. You can summon the the dead and do sacrifices. Oh, geez. (laughs) I don't want to be invited to your Halloween party. (laughs) (laughs) And you're against pumpkin carving and you have some altar in your backyard. I don't know about this. Um, Altar. Mm -hmm. Just some rocks, you know. <laughs> it's not called an altar. It's not too official. <laughs> but no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. So there's there's lots of things that you can do that are not candy specific or candy oriented. Right. So I would suggest when, you know, when we dive into some of the steps to mm-hmm. um helping moderate this Halloween candy business that we all get sucked into. Step number one would just be de-emphasizing that piece Mm -hmm. or like finding other ways to celebrate Halloween and to get festive and for kids to be excited um, instead of just the candy. Right. Well, and I think it's, it's easy as a parent to kind of emphasize that because that's like the, often that's the, the big thing you do you know what I mean? On Halloween is you go and you get candy versus like, like you're talking about, like that's emphasized, like how exciting it is to dress up, you know, and, and pick out the costume and let's have some games. Let's do some games and activities and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, it's not just like, all right, what time are we getting the candy? We're just waiting to get dressed and go get the candy, you know, um, to put, like you're saying, a lot of emphasis on some, I said emphasis, emphasis on other things that are equally as fun. You know, um, I know just having two kids, like, yeah, candy's awesome, but they really like doing a lot of other stuff too. You know, they get just as excited about doing a little craft or, you know, I mean, Kathleen's really good about getting things like, like at Target or Walmart, just like little cheapy little foam crafts or like a dollar, you know, yeah. um, where they can color them or glue stuff together or she always gets those little kind of gummy sticky things for windows oh I yeah the kids they love doing that and there's a lot of that stuff that's really fun and exciting for them that's not candy just candy and yeah. i i love doing the spider webs you know mm-hmm. like the cotton cotton yeah. spider webs that you kind of string out mm-hmm. and you put outside or inside or whatever yeah. um there's and go to a pumpkin patch and go pick a pumpkin and you don't have to carve it, Michael. You can just set it on your doorstep and let the squirrels like dive bomb it like they do ours. Yeah. The squirrels literally storm the castle. I went outside. Yeah. I went outside one time. We had pumpkins we were going to carve and I had set them out on my front steps and Mm -hmm. I went out a couple days later and there was a hole, (laughs) literally just this massive, like a bomb exploded out of the pumpkin and there were seeds and guts everywhere. And there's this, you could see all the scratch marks around the hole where the (laughs) squirrel got into the pumpkin. 
Those things are, I mean, we have like militant squirrels around this area. It was squirrel <laughs> <They> militia. <laughs> oh yeah. They see the pumpkin and it's like, rally the troops. Here we go. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they have pumpkin patches down here. I don't, I haven't seen one. Okay. I you may haven't, be, you I, haven't looked for one either. <laughs> it's true. That's a fair point. Yeah. And I may be speed showing my ignorance, but I, I, yeah, I mean, up, up there in the Northwest, you see them all over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen any down here. I don't know. That's not a thing, but I don't think like corn mazes are a thing down here. Oh, that would be fun too. I don't think. Yeah. But well, yeah. So for those listeners that may have access to those things, you know, right. the corn mazes, yeah. the pumpkin patches, the apple orchards, um, there, the point is there are a lot of Halloween right. type activities that you can get into, um, that are fun and don't always revolve around candy. And along those same lines, part of the reason why some kids or most kids get super overly excited about candy is because it's placed in this very restrictive kind of area right. in eating. And so right. candy is a treat. Candy is maybe limited. Um, their kids pick up on very subtle messages. So even if you don't outwardly say, you know, we can't eat a lot of candy or we shouldn't eat a lot of candy, kids will pick up on those messages anyway. Mm-hmm. And it starts from a very young age. I mean, think about it when kids are basically told, well, if you eat your, you know, your whole dinner, then you'll get dessert or something like that. Or, well, we can get a treat if you're good at, you know, the doctor's office, something like that. So we have this like built in kind of messaging for our children that shows them that candy is to be um, coveted and celebrated. Mm -hmm. And you take advantage of that any chance you get. Um, part of what we're going to be talking about today is trying to sort of normalize and, um, neutralize that, Mm -hmm. that viewpoint on candy and sweets. Yeah. No, I I think it's like anything, you know, like what are the, the things you do not very often tend to be bigger, grander things, right? Like I'm thinking like you don't go on a vacation every week. And so when you're going to go, it's right. like, that's this really big deal. You know what I mean? Um, like growing up, we never, we hardly ever went out to eat. You know, we just never did. Four kids, my mom stayed home. My dad was a teacher. Like we didn't go out to eat very often. Right. <laughs> right. So when we did, it was like this really big deal, you know? And I think we can often mistakenly, unknowingly do that with things like Halloween candy you know, because it's like, okay, we're going to restrict it. And you, you know, it's this big event thing. And so our kids interest in it is just super heightened because it's, we build it up to this very special, very wonderful, very rare thing, you know, that we could have all this candy. And I think if we can kind of demystify it a little bit and just be like, yeah, you know, it's not a big deal, whatever. It's just, it's food like anything else, you know, Um, then as a kid, there's sort of this other message that we get to communicate of like, eh, it's just, it's just a thing, you know, it's just a thing, just like any other thing. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun, but mm-hmm. just like vacation, it can feel really good to come home and to stop living out of a suitcase or, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there are, I have experienced that with times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I don't want to go home. I love the vacation. I love this and blah, blah, blah. But then if you think about 
the nice things about going home or the nice things right. about being home, your own bed. Um, mm -hmm. When we were camping last week, it was taking a shower, you know, there <laughs> certain things that, so there's always something positive to look at on that other side. And with candy, um, well, first one of the primary, I guess, suggestions with Halloween night and the days after Halloween, when you have this candy supply is to allow your child to eat as much as they want. Mm -hmm. Um, it's their candy, you know, it's not something that you're the sheriff and you get to like regulate that stuff. Right. Let the kids, it's their candy. They went trick or treating for it or they, you know, went to a little school carnival or something and that's mm -hmm. their, you know, prize. Um, and don't worry about, I mean, this is a very short period of time. These right. holiday celebrations, don't worry about those long-term implications on their health, their behavior, which we'll talk about that in a second, sugar and behavior, mm -hmm. um, or what this is going to do to their nutrition in right. the short term, because it really is a short-term kind of thing. It's very short-term. Yeah. And I think it's, it goes into, it may even illuminate for some of you, uh, how you are imposing your thinking of nutrition and being healthy and um, what those approaches look like onto your kids, right? Yeah. Because we're, it's very likely that you at least at some point, if not currently, have this thought of, I can't do it at all because then I've ruined everything right? Like mm -hmm. if, if you, if you go out for breakfast and you order a big stack of pancakes and chocolate milk, or, you know, you have pizza and beer with friends, it's like, well, I've ruined everything because I've put so much emphasis and importance on this one moment, you know, that it undoes everything. And then we can apply that thinking to our kids, I think. And we go, my gosh, if they eat a lot of candy for a couple of days, everything's ruined. When in reality, you know, what happens, nothing, nothing. Happens. Right. Yes. It's like as anticlimactic as it gets. It's not, right. uh, they run out of candy sooner. I guess that happens. Right. It's not a big deal. And right. I think, and I don't want to steal your point. So, well. Go for it. I'm just going to. It's not mine. I, I don't haven't know, said it yet. I don't know if you were going to make this point, but I, I didn't know where you were headed. So I think um, one thing I've noticed with my kids is when we allow just a lot more of that, like, yeah, okay. If you want it, go for it is they really wind up teaching themselves lessons because they, if they go too far, I mean, my oldest daughter, Lila, who's nine now, at least a few different times in the past when she's just had more freedom with that kind of stuff at some point has come to me and gone, daddy, I don't want to eat any more candy today. I don't feel very good. Yeah. Like my, my tummy hurts. Like, I just want to eat healthier stuff. Like, you know, can I have just some fruit and stuff, you know, like, they just sort of learned this lesson of like, oh, when you go too far with stuff, it kind of sucks. So have some freedom, but I'm not going to go get, get too crazy with it because I don't like how I feel when I do. That's a good lesson to learn. That's a yeah. good thing for a kid to know, you know? And and I totally, you, you did kind of steal my point because Sorry. that's the direction <laughs> I was going. But let's just like celebrate this moment that we're, we're getting to the point where you can finish my thoughts for me. So good job. Yeah. Awesome. High five partner. All right. Instead, instead of being I've mad at you, wanted. I'll celebrate. <laughs> but I did no, something this... right. She's happy with me. <laughs> God, finally. <laughs> you do a lot of things right, my friend. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and I'll just choose to look at this one as being right. Like a like like what? 
I'm just kidding. And so <laughs> moving on. Moving on. But back to the whole vacation analogy, that that was kind of where I was going with it, you know, where, yes, there's a lot of things that are really wonderful about the vacation or being gone from home or taking time off work, but then there's always some kind of positive spin you can put on that return mm-hmm. to normalcy or what it feels like to, you know, be back in your routine, be back home, whatever. Similarly with the candy and what kids will discover is enough is enough. Like there will be times when my, I get a belly ache because mm-hmm. I ate too much candy or, you know, I don't have the energy. I just, I want real food. You know, there are foods that children, and you can even ask your child if they literally make meals and snacks out of all of their candy for the next three days after Halloween, because hopefully you're allowing them access mm-hmm. to their candy stash and it's theirs to keep. Mm-hmm. Um, they might come to you and be like, man, I don't feel very good. Or, you know, you might even ask them what kinds of foods do you miss? You know, you've, you've had a lot of candy. Are there other foods that you still like? And, Mm -hmm. you know, that I could make for you or that you'd like to have for a snack or for, for dinner. Um, it kids are, uh, they learn, I think more quickly than adults when it comes to this stuff. And they're very good self-regulators. They're really good at it. Mm-hmm. They're really good at it. And, and along that line, kids will usually stop when they're, mm-hmm. when they're full. Like they literally will, I've had enough. I don't mm-hmm. need to finish this candy bar or whatever I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you guys to be brave. You parents out there <laughs> with your kids, be brave and let them go through their stash on Halloween night. Let them eat their fill. Let them eat it as they're going, walking through the neighborhood, that kind of stuff. Um, and let them keep their stash for mm-hmm. a few days after Halloween and they can have access to it and eat what they want out of it. Now, after a certain period of time, you know, I mean, there's no hard line here, but it could be three or four days. It could be a week. Um, whatever works for your family, you might start putting a little bit more uh, regulation on or boundaries on the candy mm-hmm. eating to allow for those other foods to come back in to right. play. And it yeah. doesn't become an issue of you shouldn't eat that. It becomes more of an issue of we need to make room for some other right. foods that you enjoy eating, that we all enjoy eating and that are good for you and that help you have the right kind of energy. They might help your tummy feel better. Um, that kind of message. Mm-hmm. So when we move into that phase, then it's, you know, offering the candy alongside a balanced meal and it's the dessert Mm -hmm. or offering it for a snack. Um, I've even seen suggestions where you put literally put like a pile of the candy on the table, like a buffet and that's snack time. Mm -hmm. And you could, you could choose to have some other options there, like some Mm -hmm. fruit or, um, so I have to, I have a funny story to tell about string cheese, but having something like a string cheese or, or some nuts or something like that alongside the candy. Um, and then allow your child to eat until they're satisfied. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that de-emphasizes that restrictive kind of mindset around candy. Right. And I think, you know, two points to what you're saying. Um, one, we've noticed that, you know, our, our kids kind of like wean themselves off of it, you know, because um, every year with Easter, Halloween, you know, whatever, there comes a point where it's like, you know, a month or maybe two later, we're like, 
that that's candy is just sitting in the pantry and hasn't been touched. Exactly. Forever. Yeah. It's just like they kind of reach a place where like, eh, okay, I'm done. You know, like the novelty of it's worn off. I don't really want any more of it, you know, mm-hmm. and they just kind of work themselves out of it, um, which is a really good skill for a kid to have. Also, I think you really run um, a really high risk, a, a dangerous risk of if you restrict that candy, I think there's a good chance your kid is going to try to sneak that candy. Mm-hmm. And when you got a kid who starts sneaking treats and foods, it can be a benign thing. It could also be really setting them up for shame around food, hiding what they eat, all these things that can really lead to um, a lot of hard stuff to deal with as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. Very unintentionally. I think, I think there's good intentions behind that of like, okay, only two pieces a day because then, you know, but let's be honest, kids, man, they don't want two pieces a day of their Halloween candy. That sucks. And it's going to take them nine months to get through it, you know, and the candy is all going to taste like crap in four weeks because it's stale. Like, of course, they're going to try to get more. And the only way to get more is they're going to sneak it, you know, and I, I, I think that that kind of restriction, um, at least really hard restrictions on it, it can really set themselves up for some stuff that's ugly to deal with later on in life. Right. And I think you and I can both agree that we've run into those conversations with many of our adult mm-hmm. clients in terms of oh yeah this hierarchy of food and this power that certain foods have over the person because they're deemed as a you know restrictive mm-hmm. kind of mindset looking at that food or a food that you shouldn't have or there's judgment placed on it um where what what we're advocating for is trying to withhold some of that judgment so that kids aren't right. you know swept up in the, you know, getting away with something or I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. And, right. and that's part of, so talking about sugar and behavior, there's very limited evidence. And I would say it's not even strong evidence that sugar intake is related to hyperactivity. Now I'm saying this as a notion in the general population. Mm-hmm. I know that there are I've worked with a lot of parents that have kids with, you know, ADHD or, um, on, on the autism spectrum or whatever. And I know that there are some, there's some nuance there. So I'm not saying this is with all finality Mm -hmm. at the same time. I think the emphasis that we put on candy and how it's usually used as a celebration kind of thing, a party thing, an exciting thing. It's that Mm -hmm. like mood and ambiance that we put on consuming candy that kids feed off of, and then it turns into a party and then their behavior, you know, changes based on that. So I say this to help you maybe work through some of that fear that your child is just going to be hyperactive because they eat candy. Mm -hmm. They're likely not, especially if you don't put that kind of restrictive sort of, okay, you know, you can only have this much and it's a party every time you get candy kind of right. thing. Yeah. Well, and two, I think it's just, um, it, it kind of speaks to just a lack of understanding how kind of like food gets metabolized and used and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's almost like, so like <clears throat> we eat something, right. That, that food gets broken down and turned into, you know, potential energy. And if we don't use it, we store it. Right. Right. And it's like sugar, we think 
is metabolized completely differently. It's like, it gets, you know, it's just instantly in our system and it has to get out. Like it doesn't get stored like every other thing that you eat does. It's just this energy that just is like making kids crazy because they have so much more energy than they know what to do with. And it's like, that's not how metabolism works. I'm sorry. Right. Right. It gets broken down. And if it doesn't get used right away, it gets stored just like anything else. So, Yeah. 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 So it's not like your child all of a sudden has like a rocket ship of like, right. Like three energy times as much energy on. as they need. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, you may see things like, oh, a lot of times when we do have give candy, they seem to be more hyperactive. Well, there's a million other things that may be feeding into that exactly like you're talking about. Like mm-hmm. if it's a party, of course your kid's going to be crazy. If he's playing with other kids and there's games and stuff like that's fun. And that's super stimulating. Maybe it's that, you know, you, when you have like candy or ice cream, they get to sit and watch a movie and that's stimulating right before bed. You know, there's a bunch of other things that may be playing into that. Um, I, I think it's hard to just narrow it down to just, oh, it's obviously just the candy that makes them this way. Yeah. 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 Um, so I ha- I'll go back to the story with okay. the string cheese. There's a home video of, you know, my parents would take home videos when we were kids. And for those of you who may be in the younger generations listening to this, it was like with the camcorder with like ham held, (laughs) you know, with like the videotape in the camera. Anyway, Mm -hmm. there's a video of me dumping out my candy stash in the middle of the living room. And just like, you know, you can hear the wrappers crinkling as I'm digging through it and I'm picking through what I got and blah, blah, blah. And I suddenly stop and I go, string cheese. And I hold it up and I am jacked. Like I'm so excited about the string cheese. And I don't know why we never really had string cheese in the house growing (laughs) up. I mean, we, we did, but it just wasn't like a regular thing my mom would buy. I freaking loved it. It was like one of my favorite snacks. And so I would just have to laugh whenever I think of that video, because maybe that's a dietitian in the making right there, right? Like I got through all the other things and it was string cheese. That's funny. I know. String cheese is great. Such a nerd. Well, you know. So then something else, something else we started doing. I have a couple other funny Halloween stories. One was when we were living in our other house that was we live like one block off of one of the historic districts in Mm. Boise. So it's like a big Halloween free for all. I mean, it's like one of the targets for trick or treaters. And I had gotten home from work and I was completely unprepared that it was going to be dark soon. Trick or treaters are going to start coming around dusk. Mm -hmm. And there was a knock at the door and just, you know, unassumingly I opened the door and there's this cute little kid trick or treat. And I just like, my face was like, shit, I am, <laughs> I don't have any candy. And I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have any candy in the house. I had probably like some, some like cliff, cliff shot blocks <laughs> or something, you know, like training food <laughs> kind of thing. And I just was some like, walnuts. I, I look at this kid and I said, I don't have any candy. And he just looks at me. He kind of looked at me like, ha ha, funny joke lady. And then his face starts changing like, she's serious. And I was like, I really don't, buddy. I'm so sorry. What else will you take? <laughs> he goes, what, an apple? He just, <laughs> Michael, 
you read my mind? I ran to the fridge and got an apple. And he just looks at me and was like, okay. And he kind of shrugged and he walked away. So I'm furiously texting Matt and I'm like, you got to stop and get some candy on your way home from work. And he, I'm not going to be home for another hour. And I'm like, I don't care. Get some, get <laughs> I am not candy. going through that again. Um, anyway, I, I ended up not finding any candy that night because the two little stores next to our house that are very small little markets mm-hmm. didn't have any candy. So we were those people on the street that turned out all the lights and closed all the drapes yeah. and <laughs> Poor kid. <laughs> An apple? Like, I'm never coming back to this house. You want some pennies? <laughs> the fun house. You know, we started yeah. giving glow sticks because mm. I I sort of grappled with the whole, like, rewarding with candy kind of thing. And, like, mm. does everything, again, that whole message of de-emphasizing the candy. Mm-hmm what can, what can I give or what can I do that would not be candy? And, you know, I, I would like get on these websites and read, like, what are some alternatives for candies? And I would hear about like these healthy snacks, you know, like give an apple or give whatever. And I was kind of like, you know, I know I got excited about string cheese, but I don't know if any other kids are really going to get excited about that. So I started giving out glow sticks. I would just go to the dollar store and I'd get, you know, Mm -hmm. 20 or $30 worth of glow sticks and they loved, they were a hit. The yeah. kids loved them. They get to crack them and mm-hmm. start lighting up. And the parents loved them too, because it makes the kids more visible. So right. yeah. um, I will offer that to our listeners to maybe think of some alternatives that you can hand out. Mm-hmm. Um, because another big problem, which I think we can get into here in a minute, is having the leftover Halloween candy around your house as yes. an adult, as because an adult. you've got, you've got a double problem here. Either your kid went trick or treating and brought home a bunch of candy. And now you've got a stash that you're staring at, mm-hmm. or you've got a bunch of leftover Halloween candy that you didn't give out. Mm-hmm. And now you've got a stash that you're staring at. So yeah. Anyway. Or you bought that big bag, you know, two or three weeks beforehand, cause you're a good person and you're a planner and it's just sitting there tempting <laughs> you for weeks before Halloween. <laughs> You're like, I'll just dump it in the bowl a few weeks yeah. ahead of time. Be prepared. And then three weeks later, you're like, oh, I got to buy another bag because it's all gone. <laughs> we all know how that goes. That's right? what you get for being a planner, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's we can a... get there. But I want to ask you, did you, as a kid, were you, do you remember like the, I don't even know if it was like an urban legend or what. But were you terrified Ooh. of getting an apple with a razor blade in it? Did you have oh, yeah. that story as a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like you you had to x-ray them because they have like needles stuck in them or something. Yeah. And Yeah, my parents were uh, – so I lived in a very small town where you <laughs> literally know everybody. Mm-hmm. And my parents, if I got anything homemade, there was a lady in our town that would make popcorn balls that were so good. So mm-hmm. everybody would like haul butt to her house first because mm-hmm. they want to get Teresa's popcorn balls. And so whenever I would get something homemade like that, my parents would always ask, do you know who you got it from? Where'd you get it? You know? So, and we could tell them like, oh, it was the house next to so-and-so's or something. And my parents usually knew who it was. Um, But yeah, we had that weirdness about the, the apples or the whatever with the. First of all, if you put a razor blade in an apple, it would be very obvious. Wouldn't it? It looked like this big gash in it carve the hell out of it trying Second to get that of all, thing in like, there what a weird thing to do like you're really into cutting kids mouths i mean like it's not going to kill them it's not like they're going to swallow the thing <laughs> it was such a weird I don't thing know. even as a kid i remember thinking like 
who's going to put a razor blade in an apple? This is so stupid. And second of all, I have never gotten an apple. I mean, clearly. You didn't, you didn't come to my house. given out apples, but <laughs> I've, I never got an apple as a kid. Not once. <laughs> well, it, it like is the 20- same to beware of, you know. I hope that if 2020 has taught you anything, it's never to be surprised by what humans right. will do. This is true. If it makes sense or not. There's going to be an <laughs> epidemic of razor blades and apples this Halloween. Oh, geez. <laughs> kind of a morbid thought. Yeah. So, so parents. Yeah. Parents. How do we handle this candy thing? I think, so whether it's, you know, like beforehand, you've got like the, you know, the bags of candy sitting around tempting you. Um, if it's afterwards and it's your kid's candy or your leftover candy that's tempting you, I think there are a couple things that you can do. Um, if it's beforehand, um, I think a really good thing is just put it away somewhere, you know, put it like in the top of the pantry in the back or something, or in your, you know, your utility room up on the top shelf or just in a place where it's just maybe in the top of your closet, you know, whatever. Um, where it's just not easy to see because if it's sitting like on the top of your fridge or, you know, on the counter or something and you see it multiple times a day, like it's going to be hard to resist. It just is, you know, if you have to kind of go out of your way to go see it or get it, you're a lot less likely to do that. So one, I think just remove that temptation out of your, you know, line of sight, you know, just put it away somewhere Two. um, I think like, you know, a lot of things we talk about, just give yourself permission to have some, you know, Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to have a little bit, you know, Um, because I think what happens is like, we've talked about a lot is we say, no, I can't have any at all. And I have this really hard line and I'm going to, you know, white knuckle it. And then it's that all or none, right? It's that uh, scarcity abundance kind of thing. Like I can't have any at all. So then when you inevitably open the bag and have, you know, a little piece of whatever, you're like, well, I shouldn't have done that. I'm a terrible person now because I broke my rule. That's what was a ridiculous rule in the first place. So since I'm a bad person, I've made a bad choice. I may as well just go for it. And you know what? The next three weeks, let's just do it. And yep, I'll, you know, October 30th, I'll go buy another bag because I'm going to plow through this one in three weeks. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like just doing that is just kind of setting yourself up for a really good chance of having a mess, you know, of really shooting yourself in the foot. So just give yourself permission to, you know, if I want to have a few pieces a day, I can have a few pieces because mm-hmm. you know what, like we talked about with kids, it's a short-term thing, you know, auto-regulation is a really good skill and tool to have. You know, um, it's okay to enjoy things like otherwise you just, I really think most people are setting themselves up to just have a disaster on their hands. Yeah. And I think one of the things about Halloween candy that is more challenging maybe than other treats is they come in these little, just Mm -hmm. easy to like bite-sized little pieces. And so there's this impulsivity that comes into play where, oh, it's just one little, Mm -hmm. you know, piece. Um, It's easy to just unwrap it, pop it in one bite and it's, it's gone. Um, Whereas a lot of other times of the year, if you eat candy, it comes in kind of regular size packages or whatever. Yeah. So I've heard of other strategies like keep the Halloween candy in the freezer. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, not only will it keep it from getting stale, but uh, you 
it takes that impulsivity away. So you don't just like grab a piece. And I mean, I guess you could put a frozen Rolo in your mouth and let it slowly dissolve. That actually sounds kind of pleasant, but it would take a lot longer to eat Mm -hmm. the candy because it's rock hard. Um, and if you do take it out and wait for it to thaw out, it takes that impulsivity away and hopefully gives you a little space to really think about, Mm -hmm. you know, what is it that you're seeking with this? Do you really right. want candy or is there some kind of like emotional eating or, exactly. or boredom eating or some other reason why you're kind of going toward this just easy to grab yeah. food? You know, are you, are you like really hungry and you need some, something more nourishing than candy that's going to last right. a little longer? Right. Um, so it helps you kind of just take a moment and check in with yourself and mm-hmm. see, is the candy really what I'm after or mm-hmm. is there something else? Yeah. No, I think it's, yeah, like a lot of the mindfulness stuff we've talked about, like, why are you wanting this? What, what, what is this serving? Are you truly hungry? Are you feeling something else? You know, is it just yeah. mindless eating? Is it, you know, a routine you've developed for eating in the evening and candy is just taking the place of what you would normally eat? Um, I think you also could, and I think this would depend on the person, but you could kind of keep like, and this isn't to restrict or anything, but I think just to increase mindfulness um, is like maybe on the fridge, have like a candy tally you know, and every mm-hmm. time you, you know, you grab a handful. Okay. How many did I get? Oh, there's five, one, two, three, four, five. And just throughout the day, just not to go like, Oh, I'm not, I'm only going to have this much, which may or may not be a good idea depending on you, but just to increase awareness, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe the next day you go, okay, I had 20 little pieces of candy yesterday. That's more than I'm comfortable with. You know, yeah. I really want to give myself freedom, but I need to have a better idea of really paying attention. You know, it's increasing that mindfulness, increasing that awareness of actually how much is happening. And I think that could be a good idea too, just so you're kind of aware of what's really going on, you know? Sure. And, you know, like we said earlier, there might be a point where enough is enough Mm -hmm. and you decide that, gosh, this candy has been sitting in the pantry for, and I, I will actually add one more thing to take the candy out of the cute little bucket or the cute little bag or something that you, that your child collected it in and put it in something a little more just boring and, and Mm -hmm. mundane, like a grocery bag or like a cardboard box or something. So it's, it's just in the pantry in a box that might take away some of the appeal and, and funness of it. And, and again, I'm kind of talking like down the road. Okay. A couple weeks past Halloween, you know, we're kind of moving beyond the holiday and the, the fun, exciting aspect of it is a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, dried out. So once you're done with Halloween candy, okay. So maybe the adult is completely done with it. I've had enough. I need to get it out of my house or we need to figure out a solution to this or the child hasn't touched it in weeks. Find a, find a solution. You know, there's lots of, I know several dentists that will collect Halloween candy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in exchange for prizes and, and things that are Mm non-candy. Um, I have heard of donation sites where it gives the candy to um, children who cannot afford to go trick-or-treating or, or you know, who didn't have access to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can give it, I think there's a donation program for our troops where you send Halloween candy to the troops. Um, So there, there's other ways to share Mm -hmm. that Halloween candy and it, you don't have to give it all away. You could give half of the stash away and that would, you know, right cut the temptation or whatever, cut the supply down in your own Mm -hmm. home. And, um, and that could be a good lesson for your kids on sharing or, you know, how you can trade off and use it as 
currency like you would in like a dentist office or something like that. Um, that could be something to consider too. Yeah. Yep. I like those a lot. I didn't know about the Senate and Kennedy, the troops thing. Yeah. I've heard of that one. Mm. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of. Yeah. That's stuff good. Yeah. You could do. Cool. So any, anything that we missed or any other thoughts on Halloween candy? Uh, just a question. No, I think, I think we covered it, but just a question. So what is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh man. Uh, so I'm, my first thought was like the mini besides string cheese. Um, I know <laughs> string cheese isn't candy though. I can't answer with that. Um, I love like the little mini Snickers. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, I know it's a classic, but I just, I love it. Mm -hmm. Reese's peanut butter cups, Rolos, any of those classic like mm -hmm. candy bars. If I'm in the mood for chocolate, if it's something fruity, I think Starburst. Starburst I mean, are good. Nothing. Yeah. I never got big on like Smarties or no. What are six are they six lits? Yeah, yeah, they're never got yeah. into those. Yeah. Um, even just plain M and M's. I was like, meh. Like, Give I me want peanut either, like, or peanut butter mm, or something. Mm, yeah, come caramely on, do it something. Up. Yeah, yeah, or like Starburst would be my my fruity candy of choice. How about you? Well, for I'll answer that, but first let me ask you this. So, what's your favorite Starburst? <laughs> this is like the vice presidential debate happening. <laughs> Not answering questions. I'm not answering you. I will. I Wait, promise. What are you but asking me? What's your favorite Starburst? Which flavor? Mm. Strawberry. Strawberry. The light pink mm -hmm. wrapper. Yeah. So that and cherry are my favorite. And if you really want a wild ride, you take a pink and a red and you just like put them in your with your thumbs and you mush them warm together. them up and you mash you them together mush them together and you eat it as one and it is a delight i'm just going to tell you that right wow now. yep yep it's 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 a really fun ride you should treat yourself sometime <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta well, mush them together so they're one okay yeah. yeah you know matt would be upset with me if i didn't mention candy corn because Every uh, year. And my friend Justine would too, because every year, I mean, that's, I think of all of the candy, that's mm -hmm. like one of the very specific seasonal treats is candy corn. Mm -hmm. And I know it's very polarizing because some people think it should just be like thrown to the birds. Yeah, I'm I love not a big stuff. fan, but I know people oh, love man. it. I love it. And yeah. I, I'll eat my fill during this time and then I'll be over it and it's mm -hmm. enough and I'll wait until next year and I get excited for it again. Um, but Matt's been shooting a lot of that for his work. And so he'll bring home candy corn. <laughs> yeah. He'll bring home candy corn to me. What and a like, bummer, hey. huh? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a great husband. Right. Yeah. Nice. Are the little candy corn pumpkins. Yeah. I just don't you have it. If you're into not them. into candy corn, it's not your thing, but it's just, it's pure sugar. Like for mm -hmm. some people, it doesn't taste like anything but sugar. Mm -hmm. I, I like them. I yeah. dig them. Yeah. So for me, um, the little mini Twix are probably my favorite. Oh yeah. I like Those Twix. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I never, and this isn't because I'm, I think I'm above it or anything. I, I eat plenty of, you know, 
not healthy things. Where are so you going with this? This isn't this isn't like a judgment, but I just never buy candy bars. You know, like I I can't tell you last time I bought a candy bar because it's just not yeah. something I'm like super into. Like I'll buy gummy bears or pizza or you know, like I'll buy plenty of other stuff. I just I'm just not something I'm super into. But when the girls get it for Halloween, I'm like, hmm, what you got in there? You know? Right. And if there's a Twix or a Snickers, yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. <laughs> The the girls should bargain with you a little bit. They okay, probably could. Dad. They probably mm-hmm. could. Yeah, they could. They I will give you two of my Twix <laughs> if yeah. Yeah, yeah. But or you know I like Skittles. Um, when they oh, get yeah, those are or good. Starburst. Yeah, those would be kind of my fruitier. Or if there's gummy mm-hmm. bears, that's absolutely my first choice. Yeah. Or Swedish Fish. I like those too. Oh, I know those really? are. Those are a hard no. So you and I would probably wow. get along well. We could trade. Mm-hmm. You could have all of my Swedish fish and I could get, well, oh, you're not going to give me the Starburst. And candy corn, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you all candy corn. You, you can have my Starburst too. I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we got that, to that conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we know how on. to share a uh, uh, you know, bag of Halloween candy. We got that squared away. Yeah. We're doing the good work here, Aaron. <laughs> What's your meaning in the mundane this week? My meaning in the mundane. Okay, so I don't, it might have been a week and a half ago. So, but it was recent. Um, but one thing I'm really loving about like Lila as she gets older is just like the conversations I get to have with her. You know, I've shared many of those and just the way as her, you know, um, development happens and she just gets different concepts and is really like starting to establish her own, like, this is the the type of movies I like, this is the clothing, I like just kind of her identity, you know? Um, and one thing that's just been really cool is to like share music with her, you know? Mm -hmm. And like when we both find a song that we like and to share that together, we had a moment of that. Um, yeah, maybe it was a week and a half ago. Um, there was a song that I found. I was like, I think she'd like this. And so we lay down in her bed and we were just, it was like bedtime, you know, again, the bedtime story. But um, I just put it on my phone. We just laid there and listened to it. And it was just such a neat moment, you know, of just like sharing something and for, ha- and for her to go right towards the end of the song, she sat up and she was like, that's amazing, daddy. That is a oh, great wow. song. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, <laughs> Yes. You know, it was just such a cool thing. And, you know, she'll like share songs with me and I'll share songs with her. And it's just, you know, it, it's just such a cool thing to be able to do because music is such a big part of my life. Um, but to that in that moment have something where it's, we're just, we're not like talking, we're not really interacting, but we're sharing a very big shared experience. It yeah. was awesome. And music is a language in itself. It's and magic. It ev- evokes feelings and Mm -hmm. it, you know, connection and Mm -hmm. it's art in a way that it can be interpreted by the person. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, Yeah. that's cool. And for those listeners who don't know, Michael is also a musician. And so Mm -hmm. that's why the music is such a deep connection between you and Lila. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, in the big grand scheme of things, it's cool to see her developing that love for music and that kind of stuff. But just that specific moment where it was like, man, we didn't say a word, but we had this intensely connected moment. You know, it was really cool. Yeah. How about you? That good. Well, I have 
wanted for years now to go and help a friend with his grape harvest. He has a mm-hmm. number of grape vines and has started making wine. And he's mm. a very good friend of ours. He was in our wedding. And, you know, he he's very, like, straightforward with the ask of friends to come help with harvest. Hey, I'm going to be doing some work on the farm. If you're available, come out. And there's no expectation and there's no, like, time frame. It's just this is the day I'm going to be out there working. Mm-hmm. Stop on by if you want. And I have always wanted to go out there because the harvest um, here in Boise for the vines is usually, like, I don't know mid-October, anywhere from like early October to mid, just depending on the weather and what's going on. And I always had triathlon (laughs) going on. So I just couldn't, couldn't fit it in, couldn't make it. And this year I was like, I can actually make this. Like we're in town and I'm totally stoked. And I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. And so being out in a field or working in in a garden or, you know, just being outside and kind of helping bring the harvest in is this, um, deeply rooted experience for me, no matter the crop or no matter how it's done. Um, like the smells, like the dust and kind of the earthiness of being out there and, um, being with friends, like we had a ton of friends, but we're all like scattered in this vineyard. And so it was very, you know, appropriate for like staying socially distanced in a pandemic. And, um, it just was awesome. Like it was the perfect activity for me to spend nice my weekend doing. And of course I got to taste his wine. And so that adds to the experience. Heck yeah. How fun. Yeah. It was really fun. I and it, it just, it kind of took me back to my childhood growing up with farming and how mm-hmm. the harvest was just in our vocabulary growing yeah. up. Oh, that's harvest time. Like everything right. planned around the harvest. And so it is kind of this mundane thing, mm-hmm. you know, that I grew up doing, but it's so special to me because I don't get to do that kind right. of stuff. And then, you know, knowing that you're helping out a friend, mm-hmm. you know, every, every extra set of hands helps. Um, yeah. So yeah, awesome. that was a cool experience. Getting to reconnect with those things that were important to you as a kid or that were just significant things as a kid is such a like wonderful treat as an adult, you yeah. know, to just kind of like be doing something new, but also be wrapped up in this feeling of nostalgia. Ugh, it's just a great, man, it's a neat thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. You got I to do agree. that. I bet yeah. it was a really nice time. It was. Yeah. And it was, I mean, the, the weather cooperated and mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Cool. Good stuff. Awesome. And I got some, and I got some wine. Did yeah. I mention that? You did. <laughs> but did you get any wine though? <laughs> I did get some wine. Cool. All right. Okay. So happy Halloween. If yeah. uh, this, Coming up here. this will, yeah, this will be released right around Halloween and, yeah. um, enjoy your activity or trick-or-treating or whatever you end up doing mm-hmm. and let us know if you try some of these strategies and maybe it's something different for you and out of a little out of your comfort zone and you know kind of give it a shot and, yeah. and trust in in some of this um information and see how it works for you and your family yep yeah we'd love to know how they go and as always you know we'd love to hear any comments or questions you know you can reach us at middleish at gmail.com Um, you know, subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, you guys. Have a good week.